On this week's episode of Inside Outside Innovation, we sit down with Koppel Kane, Director of Innovation at Intel China and co-founder of the corporate accelerator GrowthX. Koppel and I talk about his journey from his early product development days at Apple, working on the first touchscreen, to today where he runs Intel's award-winning accelerator. Let's get started. Inside Outside Innovation is the podcast to help new innovators navigate what's next. Each week, we'll give you a front row seat into what it takes to learn, grow, and thrive in today's world of accelerating change and uncertainty. Join us as we explore, engage, and experiment with the best and the brightest innovators, entrepreneurs, and pioneering businesses. It's time to get started. Welcome to another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. I'm your host, Brian Ardinger. And as always, we have another amazing guest. Today, we have Koppel Kane. He is the Director of Innovation at Intel China and co-founder of the GrowthX Corporate Innovation Accelerator. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Brian. Glad to be here. You are calling in from Shanghai right now in the midst of a pandemic lockdown. Let's talk a little bit about your journey into the world of innovation. I was doing my PhD at Stanford when I dropped out of that program to join Apple to build the touchscreen. The very first touchscreen, you know, I remember I was an internet at time and I was the very first engineer to actually make a drawing of the touchscreen, like a revision 001. And my journey started from there. Although the touchscreen project failed, we had to hand it over to this other team that was working on a secret project, which turned out to be the iPhone. But my last project at Apple was iPad. So I came around full circle. And then I left Apple and joined Intel to actually create a tablet version of Classmate PC, which was inspired by one laptop per child from MIT's Media Lab, which is to create an affordable education computing device for the emerging market or the, for the less fortunate as it was envisioned. And then on, you know, I got into this role of innovation director at Intel China. And so that's my journey. Excellent. Tell us a little bit yeah. about how you got to China and how you got to co-found this corporate innovation accelerator mm. called GrowthX. Coming to China was with Apple. This is when we were developing the very first MacBook Air. And at the time, if some of you guys remember, it was called a unibody. That means yeah. it was carved out of a solid block of metal, whereas everything before that was sheet metal and hundreds of parts joined together. So it was a completely new way of manufacturing a product. And so we were designing the product as well as designing the manufacturing process at the same time. And so we thought it would be better to have some of the designers move to China so that we can do both designing product and process at the same time. And so I volunteered as, uh, so I was one of the first three product designers to move from Cupertino to China. And I've been here ever since. Let's fast forward to today. You're running this thing called GrowthX. Mm. How did the idea of a corporate innovation accelerator start? And uh, give us some insight into what's going on at GrowthX. Intel has this amazing culture of innovation. And it's something like, and think of it like the Google's 15% thing, where we encourage our employees to spend a percentage of their time on things they believe is important for our future. And so we have lots of this cool innovations being created in the labs. And around 2005, that's when I took over the innovation at Intel China. We saw that there's lots of cool things happening in the labs, but we couldn't find those things being commercialized, not landing into the market. 
when I took over this role, this role was created because until that point, there were lots of different efforts of innovation, like very vibrant culture. Even till date, there's a very vibrant culture of innovation. And we thought we needed some streamlining. And so that's when they created this position to streamline all the different innovation activities at Intel China. And we have around 10,000 people here in China. So it's by no means a small offsite operation. It's a pretty huge operation. Kind of a little bit different than a lot of companies. A lot of companies we hear about the fact that the most of the core is not that innovative. And so they create an accelerator ah. kind of program or a lab to kickstart that. But where at Intel, it seems like the reverse. It's like you had to kind yes. of harness or extra harness some of the activity. Exactly. And also the concept of accelerator is, is quite different. Like if you look at the other corporates who are building accelerators, they are accelerating outside startups with the hope that they will get to know what they're doing. They may be able to acquire them or partner with them. But for me, I didn't even know what an accelerator was when I took over this role. And in my very first week, I happened to be in a roundtable conference at American Chamber of Commerce. And the guy sitting next to me happened to be running China's very first startup accelerator, China Accelerator. The guy, William Baobin, he's a legend in China. And I just happened to ask him what he does. And he explained to me the concept of accelerator. And I thought, you know, maybe I can replicate this right inside of Intel because we have so much creativity. We just need to give them the tools to turn those cool innovations into viable businesses. And that's where the, the idea for Accelerator came along. And that was the, the birth of GrowthAx, where we set it up as accelerators, we pick the teams, we make them believe they are actual startups. We have like CEO, CTO, CMO, and mm -hmm. we bring them in a batch of cohort. And we have business sprints. We have around eight sprints focusing on different aspects of business. We have mentors, we have entrepreneurs in residence, and we run this outside of Intel from a co-working space. So it's just like any startup accelerator. Just the thing is that all the startups are internal projects. And we've been running this for six years now. Let's talk a little bit about some of the differences or similarities that you've seen between entrepreneurs on the outside versus entrepreneurship and other key skill sets, mindsets, tool sets that are similar or different. I think what we have seen, uh, and it may be different for different companies, for us, most of these innovators who come to our accelerator, they are techies. You know, they get very excited about the technology and they have no real background in business. So we spend a lot of time and effort to make them understand that it's not about can you build it, but should you build it? That's where we focus on changing their mindset. We, we change their mindset, like, you know, typically they are of this mindset that I will build something, then I will show it to the customers. Or they think that customers won't even look at us if I don't have some finished product to show to them. And this is where we turn it on its head and tell them that you don't need anything. You just need a sketch. You need a questionnaire. And you're not trying to sell something. You're trying to understand the challenges. So think of it that way as you engage with your potential customers is don't be ashamed or embarrassed you have nothing to show. You are simply, think of it as if you're co-designing with them or trying to collectively solve their challenges. So that's the biggest challenge we have. I think technically they're amazing is this business mindset that we are trying to cultivate. Not just business mindset, the, the lean startup kind of a methodology, you know, is like build, measure, learn, do an MVP, test it, learn, iterate. So that's one big change I see because like outside 
entrepreneurs, founders, I see they are more, I mean, again, you know, there's all flavors of entrepreneurs, but our guys are always very tech focused and they don't understand about the fundraising and stuff. Although I have seen they're very, very good at tapping into the resources to move their ideas forward. And even to the point that they sometimes feel like getting into our accelerator and doing all this prints is like homework just to right. get to the seed money, seed funding to build something. Uh, but they, in their head, they are still, you know, that's where they want, but they have to go through all the motions of the accelerator as something like, you know, they have to do in order to move their idea forward. So I still believe that's entrepreneurship, but it's in a different way because Absolutely. they still want to move their ideas forward, right? So I used to really get frustrated in the beginning, but now I think, you know, in the end, their goal is the same. It's just, they have a different idea of how to get to the goal. Can you talk a little bit about how you go about identifying which people or companies, so to speak, to get into the accelerator? What's your evaluation process to identify who might be successful mm. at this? So I think that's a very good question. And it took us some time to figure it out. There are a few things. The ideas, they align strategically to where Intel wants to go. That's one thing. Second thing we have also realized is we are good at accelerating adjacent innovations. That means building something on top of something that exists rather than this breakthrough moonshots. The two reasons, just because we are in China and our employees, they interact a lot with our customers who are based in China, right? Like all the electronics are made in China. So typically they come up, their innovation ideas are about how can we empower our customers? They're more customer centric. They're more something that, you know, hey, we have this product. If we tweak it this way, I can open up a completely new market segment, which can bring us millions of dollars rather than saying, hey, let's invent a new chip or let's invent a completely new manufacturing process. So right. that's the second thing. The third thing we look at is like a founder accelerator fit is, are these guys coachable? And can we really help them in the short period of time of like four months? And the way we do that is before we do the intake into the accelerator, we, we have only five slots per batch and we do two batches a year and we get anywhere from 30 to 60 applications and we'll shortlist about 15 to 20 and bring those teams into the bootcamp. And during the bootcamp, we help them build their business case and help pitch their business case in a very short time. And during this bootcamp, we also challenge our founders to go and actually talk to the customers, make cold calls or do a survey. Right. And that tells us if these guys are really willing to get out of the building or not. And we also see if they incorporated the advice from the coaches into their final pitch or not. So we also make our evaluation based on that. So it's like, you know, the kind of innovation, the strategic fit to Intel and the, the founder accelerator fit as well. Are only teams coming into the accelerator or do they have to have a team or can an individual founder apply? Individuals can come in, but once they get into the accelerator on the very first sprint, their assignment is to resource their team with the you know, CEO, CTO, and CMO at the minimum. And that allows them to so, have enough mm -hmm. people to actually run experiments and create something to move it forward. Yeah. And also the skill, you know, because typically, like I said, if a founder is very bright technologist, he may not really understand everything on the business side. So we encourage them to get people from 
the sales and marketing groups to join in. And we also give them enough budget to hire interns, an MBA intern, for example, to act as a CMO and also you know, to hire tech talents as well for that short period of time to work on their ideas so that they can focus on the business side of the things. So I'd like to talk a little bit about the balance between this inside innovation versus outside innovation. So mm. companies that come through GrowthX, are they expected potentially to spin out into a startup outside of the company? Are they been brought back in these technologies? Talk a little bit about this inside-outside balance. So 90% of the companies are inside. We have only been able to spin out one company so far, like you know, after accelerating around 60 Okay, so very, very small uh, ratio. So mostly you can think of them as internal teams coming to the accelerator to de-risk their business plans to bring back to the business units. Having said that, we have accelerated external startups as well. And by that, it's not to invest and take an equity in them, but to work with them on identifying a business opportunity for Intel and going to market together. So basically, startups who are building on top of our core technologies, who are working in a field that we have never been to. So this is a way we could test the market. At the same time, we can help the startups as well by providing them both the technology and all our resources and jointly see if we can and like, you know, break new grounds uh, together. So we have done that and we have had some successes there, but our main focus is accelerating internal innovations and trying to land them into the market. That brings up a great question that is always asked, especially in the corporate environment. It's like, how do you measure success? Because a lot of times corporates have a different mm. way to measure mm. you know, outcomes because they're working with existing business models, existing optimization versus in a startup environment where a lot of it is unknown. So how do you go about measuring success? The two ways we measure success. One is the business impact. That means what's the real revenue created from the projects that we accelerated. So these are direct like revenue numbers. So this is X million dollars created from this project. Second is the revenue potential that those projects create. So that's on the business side of things. The second way we measure it is people impact, impact on people, how we are helping people grow. And we actually ran a study where we tracked the people who went through our accelerators for two years. And we saw that on an average, we have anywhere from 1.5 to six times accelerated career growth for the people who have gone through the accelerator. So it could mean two things. There is no causation, right? There's a correlation. It could be one thing that are, we are attracting good people, or second could be that we are upskilling people, which is both good because we know like if we had to do something really cool and innovative, we know who these people to count on, right? And the second thing is it's good to upskill people. So those are the two ways we measure our success. I think a lot of corporates have a tough time finding those curious, restless entrepreneurs within their own companies. And this might be a great way to help figure that mm -hmm. out. Obviously, a lot of startups don't make it. You know, The number of ideas yeah. that you think are going to make it, uh, mm -hmm. there's a large portion that fall by the wayside. How do you deal with failure or what happens to the teams in that that don't get to where they were hoping to get at the very beginning? That's the win-win part of entrepreneurship versus entrepreneurship. When you are an entrepreneur, you have your day job, you have paycheck, no matter what you do, but the payoff is also limited, right? I think one of the great things about entrepreneurship, and especially 
uh, let's say for the growth X, right? Those who are not successful, they simply go back to what they were doing before. If they are successful, also they typically go back to a day job. They will hand it over to the business units to take it forward. So for them, their goal is to come up with like new ideas and bring those new ideas to the market. So that's the kind of people we have. We have people who have been through our accelerator three times, four times, and try to bring lots of ideas to the market. Some people have maybe succeeded once in three or times. Some people have multiple projects that have been successful. But the, the, the trend we have seen is people coming in, getting their idea to the next level, going back, coming up with more ideas. Awesome. So you've been in the trenches in Asia, uh, looking at kind of what's hot, what's next. What are some of the trends that you're seeing that you're excited about? Oh, man, I'm not really like a trend kind of a guy, but I see a lot of noise in metaverse. I see, you know, like this digital transformation is also pretty big here because there are lots of SOEs here who are trying to digitalize. Retail, new retail is a huge buzz in China. So those are kind of the buzz things. There's also like a lot of deep technology initiatives in China, especially zero carbon. Uh, Space tech is also picking up. Yeah, so I'm excited more about like a long-term sustainable things rather than the short-term shiny things. Yeah, the bigger uh, problems. <laughs> the, yeah, the bigger problems, you know, but I think that China is definitely taking the long-term approach, right? With their five-year plans, with the policies, aligning the whole industry in that direction. Some of them may fail, some of them will succeed, but at least we see like a huge effort going in those directions. Like for example, in the past five-year plan, it was AI, smart manufacturing, mm. right? Also, there's this thing about the smart cities was also part of the last five-year plan. There was something called common prosperity. So they want to make the second year, third year cities also prosperous. But I think the biggest thing, if you want to just think about China for the long run is the sustainability, carbon zero and space, maybe even quantum computing, you know, they are really going into this deep tech rather than cute tech. It's a great way to explain it. <laughs> cute tech. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Kapil, I want to thank you for coming on Inside Outside Innovation and sharing your insights and your, your expertise. Really do appreciate your time. If people want to find out more about yourself or about GrowthX, what's the best way to do that? I think the best way to reach me is on LinkedIn. I mean, LinkedIn used to be open in China until it was blocked a few months ago. Uh -huh. So if you guys want to reach out, best place is LinkedIn. Excellent. Well, thanks again for coming on the show. Really appreciate your time and looking forward to staying connected and stay safe out there. Thanks. And thanks for having me on the show, Brian. That's it for another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. If you want to learn more about our team, our content, our services, check out insideoutside.io or follow us on Twitter at the IO Podcast or at Ardinger. Until next time, go out and innovate.